Nicely done, Beef. When football fans everywhere cheer for their team, they're cheering for you too, because your savory snacks fuel the gridiron battle. With your tasty sliders, hearty chilies, and drool-worthy steaks, every option is an MVP. Most valuable protein. So gather around the TV and get cooking at beefitswhatsfordinner.com. Funded by Beef Farmers and Ranchers. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. It's a cold one this Sunday, but it sure is a bright Sunday morning after the dogs win yesterday by 18 over Ole Miss in men's basketball. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starkville. We're not snowed in like we were last week, Charlie, where I was snowed in. You didn't have any snow in Starkville. I had a ton of snow. Actually, it was about three inches in Nanawalia. We had no accumulation of snow. We did get to see some frozen precipitation falling. It, that warms the heart of children, but they want to see it on the ground. And I just want to report this, and I said this last week. Even though we were on the direct TV dish and in the hood of a car being pulled by the chain with a tractor, no one sustained any injuries last week. No one had to go to the hospital. We had a great time. We made memories last weekend that will be etched in my kids' minds forever. Well, if with that amount of snowfall you can make lifelong memories, you have some imaginative kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it takes a I mean, I'll say this. You, you used everything you could out of that. We did. We did. We, we took it to the full limit right there. And, of course, we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starkville. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Check them out at favorites.com. They have agents in every county in the state of Mississippi. Saw my Farm Bureau agent yesterday at the basketball game, Michael Vick. He was walking through the concourse with his family. And so, Charlie, let's look back at yesterday. But before we do that, the great thing about being in the fine town of Starkville, Mississippi, is I have my big tall boy this morning of Strange Brew Coffee. Strange Brew, three locations, two here in Starkville, one the, the OG location on Highway 12, and then you have University Drive. I went to University Drive, and they all looked at me and said, hey, we haven't seen you in a while, Bart. And then Tupelo, Brewpelo as well, so three locations Shane and the guys, man, they do a great job. I've got my blueberry cobbler flavored coffee. I just can't make it as good as they make it here at Strange Brew. And so Strange Brew Coffee House, go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. If you'd like to shop online and get some of that great coffee sent directly to you. State wins 78-60 to yesterday over Ole Miss. Charlie, kind of a tale of two halves. Ole Miss shot 62% in the first 17 minutes of the of the first of the first half of the game, and then we led by one at the half, and then the second half we just took over. It seemed like in the first half, you know, I was about to start screaming to go to a two-three zone, and if they can make it for more than fifteen feet, just let them make it. Something like I want to say seventeen of their first twenty points were either at the line or in the paint. It was just like wearing us out around the goal. It felt like yeah, the first five shots they hit were within six feet of the goal. And so, and you, you heard Ben Hallen talk about this yesterday about how the way that Ole Miss shot the basketball in Oxford, and they shot it so well from three point range, is we were doubling a lot on the wings in the, at the perimeter, and that opened things up on the inside. Now, let me tell you this: <laughs> there were a couple times that Charlie, you and I, could have made the layups that those guys were making because a couple times they got lost on the inside. But we went back to kind of our original style of defense in the second half. Ole Miss didn't shoot it as well. We shot it well. We went on a 15-0 run. Now, they went on a 10-0 run in the first half, and I was like, uh-oh. 
here we go. Because we had a five-point lead. They turned it into a five-point lead of them for themselves. And then, you know, we were able to pull out and take the lead going into halftime. But then the second half, we had that big 15-0 run. It was a tight game. It was a two-point game. We pushed it from 2 to 17. And for all intents and purposes, that was ball game. You ever watch the Godfather trilogy or any of the Godfather movies? Yes, I have. I'm a fan of one. I think it's just like everything else, okay? I think when you watch the, the first one, are, are there any – you know, sequels that end up, I think Rocky Star four, Wars. I don't watch Star Wars. I don't watch Star Empire Wars. Empire Strikes Back, the second was probably the best movie of that series. I don't really count the prequels or any of that other stuff. So if you go back to the core, I'd say the middle on that was the best. See, I'm not a Star Trek, Star Wars, Jurassic Park, anything that can't happen. Okay? If it can't happen, I don't watch it. Hey, they found fossils in China here recently. Well, you never know. Rocky Four was pretty good. Rocky Four, yeah, like Rocky One, I think like one motion picture of the year, or at least yeah. nominated. I mean, Rocky Four was a cartoon. No, I wouldn't. I mean, he Rocky Three was better than Rocky Four. No, sir. Oh, absolutely. I because will, in Rocky Three, I will debate you I, on this one. First of all, in Rocky Four, all you've got is Drago, Mark Gastineau's wife, what Brigitte, Brigitte Nilsson or whoever she is. Come on. Come on. And you got the guy, like, taking on the crowd, and this guy's going to Siberia and toting ox carts around. That's lunacy. Now, you want something real that could happen? Clubber Lang. Clubber Lang was the guy. You you cannot. The only possible way you outdo Clubber Lang, Mr. T, for those who don't remember, is Thunderlips, the ultimate male. So you can talk about Drago and all that. I have the Hulk Hogan Thunderlips, the ultimate male trump card. That's the one where Mickey, you remember this? Yeah. Rocky's trainer had the great line. You know, he's like fighting a dinosaur. He says, you ever fight a dinosaur kid? They can inflict a variety of damage. Well, he brought two countries together. I mean, he had the Russians cheering for him at the end. So he converted the Politburo, right? He converted. The Kremlin's just going to pack up. He ended the Cold War, really. We can all change. Uh, yeah, okay. So... It's it's like it's like Rocky. Where where were we going with this? I was asking you. All of this started because I wanted to tell you one of my favorite quotes from Michael Corleone. Oh, okay, but the but the Godfather was the best of all all three of them. Yeah, I'll go the, the, the one. I'll go with you there. Okay. In any event, Michael Corleone, who was the son of the Godfather, war hero, came back, but ultimately becomes the leader of the family. Had a great line. He says, "Never hate your enemies." It affects your judgment, okay? And so I try to take that. When I watch a state Ole Miss game, I try to strip away any hatred, any dislike, any rivalry, and just look at the basketball teams. When I looked out on the floor yesterday, and when I looked up and down Ole Miss's bench, they're not a very good basketball team. And part of me, if I want to be the half-full Charlie, what I would come in today is say, Man, we won seven of our last nine games. What are people worried about? Come on, we're playing good basketball. If I wanted to be half empty, Charlie, and we'll get to the Tolu Smith injury in a minute, I would say, how did we ever lose to these guys? How was it ever competitive at halftime? And I'm not anti-Kermit at all. I think Kermit's a pretty good coach. But who's recruiting for those guys? Well, and that's, you know, that – goes to the point of when you hire guys from mid-major conferences sometimes, and I'm stripping away too. because And to be honest with you, I think two weeks ago when we were so – and we said that, 
hey, let's take away the maroon color glasses we lost to a bad basketball team on the road. Now, we lost to a bad basketball team on Wednesday night, too, down in Gainesville. Mm-hmm. But that's another story for another day. We're focusing on the positive yesterday. But sometimes the the players you put together on an SEC roster are very similar to probably what you put on your roster at a mid-major. Some some guys have the ability to make the change from mid-major to the big time to division to power five basketball. Some guys can't. And, and we see that in all sports, to be honest with you. And this is not a lot. Let me tell you something. I like Kermit a lot. I saw his dad yesterday, Kermit Sr. And let me tell you something. There are, that family – has done a lot for Mississippi State, not only just coaching basketball, but, I mean, you talk about an ambassador for Mississippi State, Kermit Davis Sr. has been that. And Kermit Jr., and I, hey, I know he said some things. He has to say some things because he's a coach of the rival. But let me tell you, I, I like the guy. You know, I met Kermit Sr. in the airport coming home from the Final Four in 1996. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. He was, he was great. Now, as a coach, he was a little before you know, and I were – kind of dialed into Mississippi State basketball, I'm guessing. I My brain turns on with the Hatfield years, <laughs> which I like to forget. <laughs> hey, five folding chairs. That's still one of the all-time greatest stories ever. <laughs> when Jack said, you're a genius. If Alabama starts five folding chairs, we're going to wear them out. So, I, so you hit on something. I always enjoy listening to people. When I was a younger guy, I, I tended to run my mouth a little bit at games. Now, not at all. Don't say a word. But – I was sitting in a fairly prime location, and I'll never forget. So we were playing Auburn, by the way. This was, I forget the year, 2005-ish. And Auburn won the SEC that year. They had Chris Porter. Did I get my year right? When was that? Didn't they have, like, the guy on the inside named Injai? In fact, he features in my story. Okay. So we are down to the wire, close game, and Injai has fouled out of the ball game. And he's standing up, and it's, you know, it's tied under a minute to go. And I just scream, sit down, Njai, you fouled out, get out of my way. So I don't know, some style. And the guy turns around with just this softest look and says in his Nigerian accent, you know, it's only a game, man. And my <laughs> wife about <laughs> killed me. And so as luck would have it, it was about 10 seconds later, we defend well, we defend well, and they get the ball in the left corner to Chris Porter, who jumps up and knocks down the three that wins the game for him. And then Jai just turned and gave me a big smile and pointed at me. And it was one of those, you could just feel the weight of like the entire section, almost like I was the reason that Chris Porter made that shot, that karma was reaching out and smacking Charlie Winfield from row three. Hey, but you got the last word because Chris Porter's sister came to Mississippi State, Robin. She played later here at Mississippi State. Remember so, that? So Remember Robin? Okay, anyway. So, in a way, I, it, it just finally it just took a little while to manifest, right? Yeah, it did. It did. Now, looking yesterday, and I was sitting by Rocky Felker for the second half, which, to be honest with you, was a comedy show because neither one of us can hear. Not a thing. Because we had to repeat everything we said to each other like three times. So, I was sitting by Rocky yesterday, and that's what we were talking about is, you know, it feels weird to look over at an opposing bench and just, you know, when Ole Miss is playing and – not sit there and say, man, I don't like that guy. Of course, hey, I like Rod Barnes. Rod Barnes was a nice enough guy. But anyway, hey, Ben Howland, I like Ben Howland. Ben Howland's a nice guy. I like Ben Howland a lot. But yesterday, five starters scoring double figures. Iverson Molinar, 
it seemed like, Charlie, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, about sometimes we have wasted possessions. I didn't think we had as many wasted possessions in the game yesterday. It was 1999, by the way. If I don't correct myself, I'm going to feel bad the rest of the show. Was it 99? Yeah, because uh, he was actually drafted in 2000. What? Yeah. So that is trying. crazy. 99. That's, it's crazy the things you remember. I hadn't thought about the NGI. Cliff Ellis was coaching that team. He was. Well, so anyway. Okay. All right, back to yesterday, bringing it back to sports. When you look at yesterday and what Iverson Molinar has begun to do over the last few weeks of the season, it's almost like if he needs to get to the rim, he can get to the rim. All right, can I be half empty, Charlie? Okay, go ahead. Where was he the second half against Florida? Well, I mean, you ask yourself the question, too. What was one of the first questions that Ben Howland asked post-game against Florida? Why we keep jacking up threes? Well, no. Why? Why does Garrison Brooks only take you know one or two shots? And it's right, so, so I, I get it. That question's probably rhetorical, but you know we use some timeouts. That was the one thing. <laughs> Didn't we use a timeout like right before a media timeout, like at like the twelve oh four mark or yeah. something? But in any event, um, get Garrison the ball. Hey, I Garrison, shoot. I mean, is that what you're trying to say? I mean, at some point, can we just yell out, shoot the ball? Hey, guys, <laughs> we're gonna work this through the big man. Yeah. Okay, going back to what we didn't want to talk about, one fifteen to go in the game yesterday, and you've got a big. I got no problem with him being in the game. Do you? No, no, you're playing basketball, and he yeah, needs I mean, to be. He needs time because he's missed. Right, and so if if there is, and I have not read a message board, I have not looked at Twitter to be honest with you. I've not either, and so I, I don't know what's being said. But, yeah, you know, Molinar was still on the floor. Basketball, you keep your guys out there until the, the last 30 seconds when you br- want to bring everybody else in. But at the end of the day, I didn't see the replay. We were at the arena, have not gone back and watched. Uh, couldn't really tell. He's going to have an M- MRI. But we're a different basketball team with Tolo on the floor than not. Now, the, the bad thing is, is we've been not – most of the time this year, whether it be you know foot injuries, he hasn't played a whole lot, trying to work back into shape. To lose Tolu Smith would be huge for this team, and that's you know that's the understatement of the day. You have to think that anytime you're getting an MRI, you're out for a little while, right? I mean, we're not going to see him this week, I wouldn't think. I couldn't tell if they bumped knees. Did they? I mean, we were right there in front of us. I couldn't tell if they knocked knees or if it was a I'm non-contact partial dislocation. Now, how that happened, I couldn't tell. What? See, I hadn't heard that. Where'd you hear that? Well, off the miracle. And you know what's sad? I'm probably citing the one source that you would not be willing to cite. Please tell me you didn't cite the Clarion Ledger. Well. Uh, Charlie, I am getting very disappointed. I'm looking at I'm Twitter. Dis- I'm disappointed in you, first of all, for yelling at Njai for uh, well, creating a loss in 1999. A preliminary report. I'm going to just quote. Preliminary report per Howland, dislocated knee, but, and I quote, that could be totally off. Okay. He says, Tolu will have an MRI this morning. Okay. Maybe it popped back in. We'll know, hopefully, and you may know by the time that this this thing is uploaded, but to lose him would be just catastrophic. Well, I don't know if you'd say the word catastrophic, but it would be close. It's not good. Yeah. It would, uh, it's the opposite of good. So to win yesterday, and now all of a sudden you've got Kentucky and Texas Tech. That's the thing about it. Is you, Speaking you, of Ole Miss, MJ Daniels is entering the transfer portal. Is he really? Yeah, how about that? Did he play for them? Hmm. Okay. We play um, – hey, speaking of, 
Did you know, and this is one of the things, you know, I'm I'm somewhat tech savvy, not tremendously tech savvy, but I thought, I knew you could mute people on Twitter now. You know, you don't have to unfollow them. You don't have to block them. You can just mute them where you don't see your stuff. I've, I did not realize that you could mute words. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I have tuned out entire topics. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, and so I, I've got to where I don't block people and I don't, you know, but man, the muting of words is fantastic. I, you know, you know what words I was I was looking at it the other day about the words I have muted. Wordle. Ooh, I got to add that one. That's a good one. Yeah, Wordle, and that's fine. Hey, if people want to play Wordle, that's that's a, that's okay. I've got that one. Other words that I have muted. You want to hear the words I have muted? Yeah. Trump, Biden, liberal, conservative, Republican, Democrat, Maydow. Hannity. See, you're a sports guy is what you're telling yes. me. You're, you're just trying to free up. I've done Kiffin. very similar. Wait, you've, you've muted Kiffin? Yes, I, I'm, I just don't want to look at it. I have. I'm sorry. I mean, and to be honest with you. That's hating your enemies. and That's affecting your judgment. No, it's not. It's over the last week. I've done this over the last week. And to be honest with you, my mindset right now compared to seven days ago, I have gone to three-quarters full bar instead of half empty. Okay, I feel so much better about my life because I'm not seeing any negativity. That's the positive, anyway. But you can mute words now. That's that's phenomenal. Hey, let's talk about baseball. If we want to talk about 75 percent glass half full, class three quarter full. Hey, it's not long now. We're less than a month away. Long Beach State's going to come in here. Charlie, here's the thing: when I think of baseball this year, everybody, hey, everybody, we're the defending national champions, which. I always dreamed of saying that. But now you get to play the next season. And, you know, everybody's asking the question, hey, can we repeat? Where are we ranked? And I got no problem with being ranked fourth in the preseason. I really don't care about preseason polls. But, hey, let me tell you this. The first weekend of the year, and I know Long Beach State's had a great history, and they were really good back in the 90s and the 80s and the 70s in, in baseball. They changed their name because of their baseball program to the Dirtbags. Okay, used to be the 49ers, and now they're the dirt bags in baseball. Which I am a big fan of. I'm fine with that, too. First baseball team I coached, we named ourselves the dirt bags. Okay, all right. Were you one of those coaches that you just didn't like to play? Didn't like to play. Yeah, I mean, you said a minute ago you ran your mouth at, at Njai. Was it Mahmoud Njai? It wasn't yeah, all. that was right. Okay. Did you run your mouth as a baseball coach? Not terribly. Okay. Because there's terrible. a lot of guys out there that do that. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, no, and, my, and the other thing we didn't do on my team is there was no noise do, coming out of my dugout. Hey, Josh Lovelady. Josh Lovelady coached our Sims' team a couple of years ago. I think there were eight or nine. And somebody started to chant in the dugout, and he looked at him and says, y'all knocked that off. This is baseball. I, th- I started laughing. I thought it was funny. Well, and I wish that's why perhaps I reacted so bad to Tulane last year who we get to play again this year. I just don't like all that crap. Now, somehow, I don't know why, but Central Michigan doesn't offend me. No, because they, it's almost they, like a stick. Theirs is more goofball, the guy with the Yoda hat and all that stuff. Yeah. Tulane's more of like ragging the pitcher. Uh, that stuff's just – that's just – Mickey Mouse. Yeah, it's eight-year-olds. So, no, we had none of that on my team. But Long Beach State is going to be good. I mean, and this is not – us. this so is not – Two out of three of us. Didn't they take two or three from us in 20? Yeah, we had like one hit on Friday night. We got to be four to nothing. Oh, do you know who had that hit, by the way? 
Uh, who was it? Tanner Leggett. Yes. Tanner we started Carlisle Kessler, and then we pitched David Dunlavy. So we had a couple of transfers. I think Jackson Forrester came in on the back, and we got beat, I think, four to nothing and we, had one. One hit. And we won the Saturday game, then lost the Sunday game. So we lost two out of three, and that was a year that was cut short. And so this is the return trip. They're going to be – I mean, they're ranked in the top 25. They've got um, – And, you know, when we went out there, we were ranked number six, and they were ranked like 25. And so it kind of sets up pretty similar again, right? We're four, they're 23. I was looking at this the other day. You know, so many times we open a season in baseball when we say, hey, we've got the advantage because we've been able to do some work and they haven't. Because, you know, you look back, 2000 – you know, 20, we played Wright State. You know, three years ago, it was Youngstown State. And we played Western Illinois in 17. We played Texas Tech in 17. Uh, South Dakota State in 16. Cincinnati, Western Carolina, Portland, Washington State. These are teams that came to start. Well, and you played them to start the season. Played Florida Atlantic and lost. We played Texas Tech and lost in 17. Of course, we won't talk about that Southern Miss series in 2018. But normally when we open a season, we're opening against a team that has not had as much activity outside. Now, you can kind of flip the script on this because I guarantee you today, if Lane Forsyth <laughs> is taking ground balls, he's probably taking them in the Palmero Center, wouldn't you say? Unless he is, unless he's bundled up, okay? In your weather today in Long Beach, California, you got a high of 74 Clear skies, bright sunshine, and 0% chance of rain. And so their shortstop is taking ground balls on the field in shorts today. The LBC, kind of hard being Snoop D-O-double-G. D, you don't want to do that. No. No. Um, I'm going to help you out there. Uh, So the lowest high they have in the next two weeks is 65. If we had been able to do preseason practice in December, we'd have been all right. But since January's rolled every day, yeah. Since January's rolled around, now the way that you're doing it right now with practice is it's the individuals. What you got four on ones? You can have four guys in there. You can work with four guys at, at a time right now. Everything's kind of rotated out throughout the day, and then practice will actually start this coming Friday. I think that's when the first time the team can get together is this coming Friday, and we'll have a scrimmage on that day. All right, so. I posed the question last week, and I know we're going to save the general topic for for later when we can really break it down, of all-time most underrated players at Mississippi State. Since I took the underrated angle, let me ask you this. Could a reasonable person put together a case that if you look right now at Vanderbilt, at Mississippi State, at other teams in this league, maybe even Arkansas, that they're overrated coming into this year? I think you could probably say that. And here's – okay, so right now, who's number one? Texas. Okay, Texas is overrated every year, right? Yeah, but that's just kind of part of their DNA, right? It, it is. It's who they are. Okay, so number two is Arkansas. Peyton Paulette, they lost him this week. And I hate to see that. Man, I I, I hate to see a guy, especially this time of year. And uh, Paulette was like projected with 13. Yeah, he was the number 13 in the draft prospect list, the first one that came out this year. So – Vanderbilt was like three. We were like number four. Okay, so here's the thing that, that, I, that I'm curious about, and I looked this up, is last year in the SEC, when you start looking at the top draft prospects of the season, before the season began last year, the SEC had five of the top 12 draft prospects in Division I baseball 
five pitchers, okay, five of the 12 overall were SEC pitchers. This year in the top 12 draft prospects, do you know how many SEC pitchers are in that top 12? Well, I do know because I was looking to see where Paulette was. Zero. He was the top. He was 13. So you don't have as much front-end pitching. And so when I look at, okay, LSU, I look at Vanderbilt, I look at Mississippi State, I look at Ole Miss, there are question marks coming into this season. Now, a lot of teams line up-wise, now even though Vanderbilt, hey, when we won the national championship, I was not very enthralled with their lineup. I wasn't concerned about Vanderbilt beating us in a softball game. No. I was concerned about rocker and lighter, period. And so then you start to look, because Vanderbilt's sitting right here. I say, hang on, let's back up. Texas at one, overrated. Arkansas at two. I don't know if I'd say they were overrated, but that ranking has to be adjusted based on the new facts. They've is that got, fair enough? Yeah, and Robert Moore is going to be – was he top ten draft pick? Yeah, he's a good player. He's a good second baseman, really good second baseman. And I remember, you know, they were very good defensively. They do a lot of things right. All right, so – I'll get back. We'll come back to some of the question marks around Mississippi State. Again, I'm not making the argument we were overrated. I'm saying if I were sitting somewhere else, the way I'm attacking teams, I could. But Vanderbilt, I don't know who that next guy is because the thing I think about for Vanderbilt the past couple of years has just been dominant pitching. Well, who's next? How many players does Vanderbilt have in the top 100 draft prospects? Three, four? Vanderbilt has four. All right, and so, hey, that's an interesting thing to look at, okay? Vanderbilt has four guys in the top 100, according to D1 Baseball, and let's go ahead and say it, Kendall Rogers and all those guys, they do a fantastic job, Eric Sorensen, Aaron Fitt, whatever. They have four guys in the top 100 as far as draft prospects, but only one of those is a pitcher, and that's Nick Maldonado, and he was the back-end guy last year. So Maldonado is 74. You've got Carter Young, the shortstop, number 25. Spencer Jones, the first baseman, at 60. Dominic Keegan, Catcher, first baseman, whatever. He's number 66. Okay, so you got four guys. Hey, that'd be an interesting thing to look at. So why I got that up. Tennessee's got three. Ole Miss has got two. Dunhurst and Diamond. Dunhurst, catcher, 24. He's Di- good. He's really good. Diamond, Derek Diamond. There's question marks there. So wouldn't you say that the, the top of their pitching rotation has some question marks? It does. Missouri has one. Right-handed pitcher, Spencer Miles. Mississippi State has five. Right-handed pitcher Landon Sims, number 20. Andrew Walling, a left-handed pitcher, is 47. The catcher, Logan Tanner, is number 9. Okay, so we got top 10, Logan Tanner. Cam James is 54. Casey Hunt is 96. So we got five guys in the draft top 100 preseason. LSU's got three. Jacob Berry's number one overall. Transfer. They got Cade Doty, number 19, and then – the pitcher, Reiselman. Is it Reiselman? Reiselman. It's Reiselman. Kentucky's got one. Ryan Ritter, the shortstop. Georgia has three. These are guys, top 100 prospects, college baseball. Georgia's got three, and they're all right-handed pitchers. Jonathan Cannon, Dylan Ross, Will Childers. Okay? 30, 46, and then number 80. Florida has six every year. We talk about Texas. Let's look at Florida. Hunter Barco, a pitcher at 14. Judd Fabian, outfielder at number 26. Brandon Sprout, number 27, a right-handed pitcher. Kobe Halter, an infielder, number 33. Sterling Thompson, an outfielder, number 52. And Josh Rivera, 57, a shortstop. So those are six for Florida. Auburn has one, Mason Barnett. 
Arkansas has four, five. Arkansas has five. Moore at 10. Paulette can't play. He's at 13. Caden Wallace at 15. Brady Slavens, the first baseman, is 87th. And then Jalen Battles, the shortstop, really good defensive shortstop. So they've got five. And then the Alabama has one, Connor Prelep. Those are the guys top 100 so far. So what you see in all that is the top-end pitching this year, Charlie, coming into the season. You know, last year we talked about A&M. You know, Bryce Miller was in the top 100, of course. You know, Christian McLeod and you, you had – But that's only draft-eligible guys. I know, I know. And so it's different to say you're – preseason best players in college baseball versus draft eligible, right? Right. These are upperclassmen or guys that are old enough to be drafted as sophomores. You know, Landon Sims was not on this last list last year, but he was one of the top pitchers in the country. Now the question becomes, okay, and that's that's our question, and you know, you look back at this past week and Chris Lamonis has said that Landon Sims is going to be your Friday night starter. And so, okay, what does that do Saturday, Sunday for you? All right, so if I were making the argument that Mississippi State is overrated, what I would say to you, I think I might even start at that exact point. Number one, your Friday guy is unproven. Now, what you could say in return, of course, is your whole rotation was unproven a year ago at some level, right? Now, we were littered. We had three pitchers in that top 50. But of those, how many were truly dominant when it was all said and done? One? Well, Sarantola was in there. And then you had Bednar. And you had, you know, Christian McLeod, and yeah. at the end, and McLeod yeah. was a 500 pitcher last year. He was 500. He was good for, you know, he was good at times. But uh, you know, Bednar kind of lived up to it. He only lost one game. Would he go nine and one last year? I mean, so you got out of one of your guys, you got something that. But he pitched a lot on Saturdays. But there's still a lot of question marks. As yes. much as I hate to say it, about the decision to move Landon Sims to a starting pitcher, whether he will be able to work his way through the lineup multiple times on a guy who has basically been a two-pitch guy, right? We haven't seen a change-up out of Landon Sims. All right, so now he's got really dominant one and two pitches. The question is, where are you after that? And then there's going to be question marks about, all right, again, I don't believe these things necessarily. I'm just saying if I were taking the other side, how do you get that excited about a team being number four when you can't tell me who your Saturday starter is, you can't tell me who your Sunday starter is, you don't have a single player – save for Brad Cumbest, returning who had over 300 last year. And Cumbest, by the way, over the last 19 games, his batting average fell over 70 points. Does that make you feel negative enough yet? Well, so, you know, looking at the lineup, you're going to have to replace it. We talked about this, about the money ball approach with Tanner Allen. I mean, you don't just replace Tanner Allen. you got to replace him with two or three different guys. And then Rowdy Jordan as well. And, and the spots in the lineup you got to replace. Now, you think, you know, Kellum Clark coming back and seeing pitching and that, that he will be better at the plate. And you will have some guys you would think are going to be better average-wise. I think Luke Hancock is going to have a better average than he had last year. But his average wasn't tremendous. Where Luke Hancock got out was balls in play. I mean, it wasn't like he struck out. He put balls in play and got out. And his batting average wasn't great. Cam James, hey, let me. it goes back and shows you the point, Charlie. And it goes back to, you know, Coastal Carolina winning the national championship and, you know, these teams that, that win it and you're like, you know, Arizona winning the national championship, you know, several years ago, 10 years ago, whenever that was. And it was true for us last year. We got hot and everybody kind of got hot. Our pitching got hot and we made plays 
when you had to make them. So you remember when we made the run to the Final Four in 96? Yes. You had that baseline set of guys that you knew you could always count on. But for one month, Dante Jones was the greatest player we ever had. Now, I'm not saying we won the national championship because of luck. I'm not saying that. No, I want you to hear me out. What I'm saying, though, is we were good in that basketball season, and then we had one guy go out of his mind, and that's what pushed us over. It's the whole X factor, right? And I think what happened in baseball is we were really, really good, and then for one month we had probably two guys. Will Bednar was out of his mind for two weeks, three weeks. He was unhittable. That's the difference in being a runner-up, being third place, and winning it. And he was um, complimented by Landon Sims. I'll tell you what my next project is. I want to look at the percentage of fastballs that Landon Sims threw when he had to bounce back off of rest, or bounce back after throwing. And so then he comes back. Of course, he's not going to have that problem this year. But we talked about having that second pitch. I mean, he essentially pitched the entire back end of game three last year with a slider. Yes, very, very few fastballs. I'll, I'll give you a project I want to see, and we'll have to watch this as the season goes on. Remember last year we talked about how many times Cam James, he wasn't getting a straight pitch to start at bat. How many fastballs will Kellum Clark see this year? Yeah. well, I wouldn't throw him one. Well, okay, so and that goes back to my point about the, the maturation of a hitter. All right, what did we say about Hunter Renfro and what did we say about Brent Rooker their first two years. You can get the same thing we're saying about Cam James. To get that guy out, throw him spin. Throw him breaking ball down and away, and he's going to have trouble with it. But what did Brent Rooker do in 2017? He just sat on fastball. I mean, he just waited on it. He, he <laughs> sat on effectively. And he, uh, very effectively. And so what did he do is he got himself in good counts because people would waste that because what was the, the book on him? Hey, this guy can't hit spin. He has trouble with spin. So people were trying to throw curveballs and missing. And he was getting in high advantage counts, and they were having to throw fastballs, and then he's murdered it. And so then that becomes the question, does a Cam James, does that kind of fall into his category this year? Now, the difference in Kellum Clark and Luke Hancock is those are left-handed guys. And so, you know, you can't, you know, use that same, you know, thought process with the slider down and away with a right-handed pitcher. That being that being said, I mean we have seen really good hitters have trouble with a pitch freshman sophomore year, and then junior year rolls around or senior year rolls around, and they're a completely different hitter. And I kind of expect to see that out of some of these guys in the lineup. So let me tell you my my overall assessment. My overall belief coming into this is that we are going to be a very good baseball team. We are going to be one of those teams that's in the conversation to be national champions again. But let's look at the the top ten. The preseason top ten from D1 baseball. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six of the top ten are SEC teams. And so I go back to the point we made coming in last year. There's going to be some really good teams finish a game or two above 500 in this league. Charlie, we could win the national championship or we could finish fourth in the SEC West and be really good. And that's the thing. It's baseball in, in college, you've got a small enough sample size. You go have a bad weekend, it can be the difference in finishing first or, or fourth in this league. And I think, I think we're look, we're going to be a really good team. I, I think ultimately what it comes down to, though, is when we talk about Ole Miss, they need Derek Diamond to be better than Derek Diamond was for a large part of last year if they're going to live up to that number five ranking. 
Agree with that? I agree with that. What do we got to have? Well, we got to have Jackson Fristo do the same thing. Yes. You know what this feels like? A Friday deep dig. Friday deep digs in the fall and now in the spring are brought to you by Trax Plus. We're going to have those Friday deep digs sometimes on Thursday before that Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. Trax Plus, four locations. You've got the Barco equipment for the forestry world, and then you've got the, the Saney equipment for the dirt movers. You just can't beat the great customer service at Trax Plus. Four locations, Columbus, got the main hub down in Hickory, Mississippi, Summit, Mississippi, and then Alexandria at Louisiana. Gresh Howell down in Summit. You got Hoop Weems over in Alexandria, Louisiana. You got Daniel Bounds over in Columbus. Fred Fulton over there as well. And then King Crosby down at Hickory. So go by and see any of those guys. Get some of that great equipment with Tracks Plus. Hey, at the end of the day, Charlie, I think we're going to be pretty good. I'm looking forward to it. Less than a month away. They got the new ribbon boards at the stadium. Going to add more of a pro-type feel, even better game experience for you at Duty Noble this year. And if you sit in the outfield, you're going to really like it because you don't have to turn around to see ball strikes, that kind of thing. You'll have a scoreboard right there in front of you. I think we're going to be really good. I think my big word for this year, Bart, is going to be patience because you take a guy – I don't think people appreciate or enough people appreciate – just how much of a difference maker in this program that Tanner Allen was. And it wasn't just what he did with his bat. Think about how many balls that guy squared up hitting. That all mattered. Think about how many times that guy was willing to go the other way. How many times that guy was willing to dig it out of the box and get an extra base. Well, that was it right there. How many doubles that a lot of guys hit singles? How many times did he manufacture a double? Because off the bat, that's a single all the way. And there was something contagious about him. There was no panic in that guy. And it was this weird mix of a guy who played extremely hard but didn't strike you as being overly emotional either. He had this mix between intensity and balance. I, I just I don't know that we have ever seen a baseball player raise the game of those around him as much as Tanner Allen. It goes back to the thought process of when your best player is your biggest dirt bag then it radiates. And so it's going to take some time. One of the challenges you have when you have strong leaders that depart a program, this could be football, basketball, baseball, whatever, and so you're one of those guys who's maybe a sophomore last year, maybe a freshman last year. You're not stepping up and taking on a leadership role with that guy in front of you. Now that he's gone, that's got to shake out to figure out who's going to be that guy. And so I, I think we're going to be really good. I just – it's not out of the question that we drop two out of three opening weekend. You know who steps up in leadership roles? I'm going to guess that Moat Griffin and the guys over at Bank First. Bank First, growing bank, Mississippi and Alabama, construction loans, mortgage, mortgage refinance. Hey, you better get that mortgage refinance right now. Rates are about to creep back up on you. And so go by and see our great friends. We talk about customer service. The good folks at Bank First. All right, Charlie, closing thoughts. Hey, we'll start back on our out-of-left-field show. Not much longer now. I guess it won't be this week. It'll be the next. In the midweek, 
We'll start having some interviews for you during the week. Then we'll have our Friday deep digs. We'll have our Sunday coffee like we normally do. And then Charlie and I are going to do a little something different this year. We're going to have a SEC weekend recap for you, Sunday nights, Monday mornings. We'll talk about you know games around the SEC and kind of how the weekend shook out. It'll be more of a regionalized show than just Mississippi State specific. And so we're going to uh, we're going to add to our content for the spring. For not just for you, but for us. We like to get together. We like to get our Strange Brew Coffee at hand and just talk baseball because that's what we are going to do. In addition to broadcasting a lot of ball games. Can't wait for it, man. It's hard to believe baseball is right here. Yeah, so it is upon us, my final thought. I do not want it to be lost that from today's episode, I figured out that you favor Rocky Four over Rocky Three with Clubber Lang and over the 1977 Oscar Award winner for Best Picture, Simply Rocky. Who was the composer for the Rocky music? Wasn't that Irving Berlin? No, wasn't Irving Berlin. Bill Conti. Yeah, we talked about him on our Friday Deep Dig. He graduated at LSU. Remember that? Bill Conti. Yeah, I forgot about Bill that. Bill Conti. And he wrote the music for Dynasty, Rocky, and Karate Kid and all of its sequels. See, Karate Kid 1 was no doubt the best of all three. Yes, that's true. I'll go with you there. All, All right. right, so pretty soon we're going to get back to, I guess, having to get into talking about lineups. But, hey, look, it's a good Sunday morning. Sun's coming out. We beat Ole Miss in basketball. Baseball's right around the corner. So, hey, life's not all bad today. Opened up the new tennis facility on Friday. Actually, you had the ribbon cutting on Friday, the Rula Tennis Center. Man, that thing's cool, isn't it? That is a fantastic place. Man, Richard Rula, Sherry, it's a great family. They've been... You talk about the importance of being able to be inside. Yes. So, a year ago, if we're out there trying to get better in tennis, it's in this, and it's cold, and it's windy. I don't know. And we had matches canceled. Yeah, had matches canceled, and now you can play them in just a fantastic indoor tennis facility. And you, it's interesting to me, it's going to be really fun to watch the improvement in tennis because of this facility, the Rule of Tennis Center, because we've been really good in tennis without that, without that advantage yeah. that some other people had. And now that you've got that, how much better can that program be? I mean, that's the kind of thing that changes programs. No doubt. Hey, kind of got a week off this week, stayed on the road with Kentucky and men's basketball, women's basketball on the road today playing at Arkansas. And then uh, men's basketball on the road next Saturday against Texas Tech. And uh, as we said, baseball practice starting on Friday, scrimmage on Friday at Duty Noble. So not sure what time that's going to be. Hopefully we'll have better weather throughout this week. So appreciate you guys joining us. Once again, thanks to our great sponsors for Strange Brew Coffee House, for the coffee this morning, it tastes absolutely fantastic after that 18-point win over Ole Miss yesterday. Of course, we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starkville. Farm Bureau, go with a home team. Check them out at favorites.com. Tracks Plus with four locations. You can't beat the great customer service they have at Tracks Plus. Bank First, better way to bank, growing bank, and then the Mississippi Beef Council. The Mississippi Cattlemen and their checkoff beef, it's what's for dinner. So for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on Sunday Coffee.